On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Just check my notes here. No. This is Talk Can Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the garden, man. Eh? Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. Before we get to the most important item of the day, which is what beer we are both drinking, I want to let you know that if you want to go back and listen to episode two, sorry, (laughs) episode 819, uh, Steve Bunda, Graham Creech, of course, Matt Robinson, all talking about uh, this weekend's UFC card, which obviously I know a lot about. (laughs) So uh, you can listen to that on episode 819 if you would like. Uh, Matt, now that I've done a fantastic job promoting the UFC, as I'm known for, (laughs) let's get to the most important item of the day, and that is what beer are you drinking today? I'm really glad you asked, Michaela. I have a very special beer today. Um, A couple of weeks ago on our Instagram, I received a direct message from the good people at Old Tomorrow Beer uh, down in the GTA And they were telling me about a collaboration they're running for charity and asked uh, if I wanted to try one of their beers. And they were just going to send it off to me to try. And you you know me, I don't say no to things like that. So no, they agreed to uh, send it off. And so I'm about to try that for the first time. It showed up just yesterday uh, in the mail. So big thanks to them. This is called Home Ice Advantage from Old Tomorrow. And it is a collaboration and a fundraiser Um, as part of this new kind of series they're going to run called Brew Aid. And this particular one is for the charity of Hockey Helps the Homeless. And um, there are pieces here, or pieces, (laughs) I'm doing every bit as good as you teeing up the uh, the UFC. (laughs) There are, uh, you know, parts of the proceeds will go to Hockey Helps the Homeless. Of course, right now, lots of people having a hard time, A, being able to afford to donate to charity because they have their own, issues, but, uh, hockey helps the homeless themselves because of the pandemic, not able to have many of their events, uh, that they typically would, because again, we're not allowed to gather. We're not allowed to do a lot of the things that we normally do. And so this was like a slam dunk, no brainer. Uh, people are, people are drinking a lot, trying to get through this pandemic, easy way to team up and, uh, and help out the charity. So, uh, any can of Home Ice Advantage from Old Tomorrow that you buy goes to, uh, or has some of the proceeds go to Hockey Helps the Homeless. So if you're interested in checking that out, uh, we will post the links in the show notes as well as on our social media feeds, but uh, you can head to oldtomorrow.com 
or HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. And so I'm going to be checking out, uh, this is a logger, like I said, uh, I don't think I mentioned that. Hockey Helps, God damn it, Michaela. We are on a oh. roll today, Matthew. <sighs> yes. All right. Um, this is Home Ice Advantage and it is a logger. Uh, haven't tried it before, but uh, they described it multiple times to me actually as crushable. And we are heading into crushable logger season in a big way. So I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Uh, what about you? What do you got going on today? Well, first of all, I am definitely going to be looking into that hockey help. Hockey helps the homeless. Yep. Yes. Uh, the home, uh, first of all, home ice advantage, awesome name for a beer. Mm-hmm. Second of all, love a crushable lager. And third, love to help people. Sure. You got it. It checks all the boxes. I am very intrigued by that. Yeah. We all need right, somebody to come along and help us get this show back on the rails. Honestly, <laughs> did they send any resources to uh, <laughs> podcasters who have lost their way? Seriously. All right. First things first. Yeah, oh yeah. Nice. I've never needed that sound more in my life <laughs> than right now. And what follows uh, it. And we, yeah, seriously, what it entails. So today I, I am drinking a, uh, a new one from Stalwart Brewing in uh, Carlton Place. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about them before, Matt, but I don't think I've actually had them on the show before. Right. I love Stalwart. Used to go there all the time. I hadn't actually hit them up. Oof. I want to say months just got so distracted, like, you know, ordering from other breweries and, um, for whatever reason, Stalwart fell off my radar and mm. they tend to have higher alcohol beers, a lot of IPAs. That, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of like more complex beers. Um, but they released this one called the tax man or just tax man mm. and it's a blonde ale. Okay. And so I saw that on their website. I thought, Great you know season. what? I'm gonna... Yeah, seriously. Perfect timing. Yeah. Plus they're out in Carlton place. And I know I've talked to the folks at Crooked Mile about this, but you know, it, when you're in a smaller town, it's good to have a crushable beer yes. that generally tends to be the audience that you're you're working with. And I love all of Star Wars beers, so I picked up a, a number of them, but grabbed a couple of the tax men to give it a try. I had one over the weekend, and it was amazing. Nice. Uh, so I thought I would uh, I would give that a little. First time anybody's enjoyed seeing the tax man. Um, I I, I like that. I think that's a cool idea. I've ordered from Stalwart only once, I think, or I've only tried their stuff once, but that was very early in the pandemic uh, when I was kind of, as you mentioned, you know, sort of spreading it around, ordering from a few different deliveries. And um, I I don't remember the specifics of which one I had. I know I didn't have the uh, the tax man, but had a few things from them brought in, really enjoyed most of it. So I should be circling back around there as well. Uh, I'll tell you on first pull here, Really nice. It, it delivers exactly what they promised. It's a 4.9%. It is crushable. It's crisp. It's nice. It's going to be gorgeous here as the weather starts to, uh, when we get the snow off the ground that we just got here in Ottawa. Um, yeah, back to uh, back to warmer weather. This would be a great beer. So uh, check out Home Ice Advantage for sure from uh, Old Tomorrow. Get yourself a couple of nice beers and do a little good while you do it. It's a win-win. Absolutely. And yeah, we're going to pretend like the snow in Ottawa this week didn't happen. Right. I'm ignoring it. <laughs> I had to. Br- I actually had to leave the house that day oh, for some no. stupid reason. Yeah, just to brush off my car. Right. And I like. I realize of all the things to complain about right now, <laughs> this is not worthy. But come on, man! It was yeah. April twenty first. Kicking us when we're down, like like we don't need this. I mean, I get that it helps people stay home, so sure. But come yeah. on, and it looks like the the weekend's going to be beautiful. Yep. So look at that, April in Ottawa. There you go. Finally. Finally. <laughs> 
Let's get to, uh, well, the worst news mm. of the show, and that is that the Women's World Hockey Championships, it was announced this week, are, I'm going to say postponed. Okay, yep. Because they're not technically canceled yet. Right. Um, they, they were supposed to happen in Nova Scotia, the Nova Scotia government. Unfortunately, said what they initially said they were going to limit travel, but the world championships are still going to happen. Ended up not being the case, so they were unable to host. Now, it looks like the athletic reported on Thursday, and I don't think anything's changed that uh, the Dallas area was looking at potentially hosting the women's mm-hmm. worlds. I believe they're hosting the men's worlds this year. Um, I think it's the men's under 18, but men's under 18. Okay, so, so so they're hosting a tournament coming up. They said. Maybe we can make it happen. Lord yep. knows the state is basically functioning like normal right now. Yeah. So it sounds worse. like they might still happen, yeah. um, but we don't know yet. There's a lot we don't know at this point, but it was announced that the at least in Nova Scotia, they're not happening and there are no plans at this point, no, no solid plans that we know of uh, for the women's world hockey championships to take place. So hopefully we'll get some more information on that mm-hmm. um, and be able to share some good news because I can tell you it was not very well received in the hockey world. It was not. Um, and, uh, I would recommend if you're subscribed to the athletic and for some reason not following Haley Salvian, uh, you should be, she had a tremendous piece. It probably was on Wednesday. I can't remember for sure. It must've been Wednesday on just kind of how this all came to a head and kind of the behind the scenes details. Uh, she's very connected in that world, did a really nice job putting that together. So if you're subscribed to the athletic, check that out. Um, and as you've said, uh, no firm details right now on what's to come. But uh, the IIHF has kind of come out and said, we're willing to listen to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, but our hope is still to do this later on in Nova Scotia. And even if not in Nova Scotia, uh, somewhere else in Canada, as Canada did win the bid technically, um, but that they would listen to other details if it looks like that's going to be impossible. So uh, I know you sort of handed it to me here. I'm going to cowardly hand it right back to you before anything I'll else. I'll take it back. Yeah, and I'd like to hear kind of your thoughts on on how, what's happened here and, and the reasoning that they've given and just sort of your takeaway from it. And and this is the complicated part because, like, you, I didn't even know that the IIHF had come out and said that. Said right. that. So I there's so much we don't know at this point. But let's, let's just assume that as of right now, mm-hmm. we're not – having a tournament that we know of right hopefully they get that sorted out whether it's a later date or if it's in dallas yeah, whatever. for some reason the date like late august is being kicked around um but that starts okay. to infringe on you know canada by then is normally already centralized for the yeah. Beijing olympics um you know you want to have the worlds to evaluate younger players and uh, see who you might want to be taking to to the olympic games so August might be problematic. It's not a deal breaker, but it's later than most teams would want it to be. But I've heard that date's on the table as well. And this is kind of part of my issue because the initial reaction, at least for me and for many other people, was why do we keep seeing women's hockey tournaments be postponed or canceled because of the pandemic? Because this is the second Women's World Hockey Championships that have been canceled. Mm -hmm. They were canceled last year as well. Yet men's tournaments have continued. Right, we had the World Junior Championships. Yep. The U18s are going to be going on. The men, the men's World Championships are going to be going on, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Yet, it just seems so easy to cancel the women's and move on. But all the, but you know, people will move hell, heaven and earth, yep. to make sure that the men's tournaments continue. And 
for the love of God, if one person comes back at me with, well, more people watch the men's tournament. We've <laughs> talked about this before, folks. It's apples and oranges when we're talking about men's and women's sports because women's sports, and this is a prime example of it, are not given the same resources, attention, funding, sponsorships. The list goes on as men's. So that that argument is irrelevant here. The fact that the, the women are not getting the same amount of resources to ensure their tournaments take place is really, really disappointing that we're still seeing this. We're still having these conversations. The other thing is, while the world championships, I'm sure that people will argue are important for the men as well, For from a Team Canada perspective, and this is a very Canada-centric way of looking at it, and I know that. It's a very Canada-centric show, so take it and run. We're, we're here, and I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, but have you ever watched the Men's World Hockey Championships unironically? <laughs> There are two reasons to watch the men's world hockey championships. One, your NHL team sucks and didn't make the playoffs. And some of your players ended up on the team. I was going to tell you that as a Leaf fan <laughs> who missed the playoffs for like a decade. Oh yeah. I, I've been there too. Yeah, I, I have watched that. <laughs> and the only, and the other reason is we're all, well, I mean, we're all at home right now, but let's say you work a job that is at night or for whatever reason you're at home during the day. Mm -hmm. That's usually when the men's world championships are taking place because they're often located. It's it's rare that they're being hosted in North America or in this yeah. time zone. So they're usually like during the day because they're in Europe or something. Somewhat tied to that is like you said, it being in Europe. I like morning hockey when I'm hungover. You just kind of get Love up it. and on the couch and <laughs> check out what's going on on the weekend or something. So yeah, I kind of like morning hockey when it's going on in the, uh, in Europe, but your point is well made that it is fairly, especially this year. I just tweeted about this not too long ago. Who's going to this this year? You got to be leaning heavy on young guys and guys who feel like they might be right there on the bubble for the Olympic team that feel like I don't want to piss off Hockey Canada. But if you've just finished a season of bubble hockey and the stress that's put on you and your family and these you know, quarantined hotels, Robin Letter had some interesting things to say on that we'll get to later on. I don't know who's going to Europe at the end of a season like this to play more bubble hockey. I can't imagine. Exactly. Exactly. And yet it continues. Yep. And and to to add to that, like it it really isn't a Canada centric way of looking at it because the best male hockey players in the world play for the NHL. Mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't matter what country you come from. And I realize there's probably going to be someone in Sweden who <laughs> It doesn't play for the NHL and is the best non-NHL player in the sure. world. Sure. Um, but the, by and large, the best male hockey players in the world play for the NHL. Mm -hmm. So if you if you are in the playoffs, you are not playing in the men's tournament. It is not a best-on-best -best tournament. Nope. It is, like I said, a consolation tournament for when your team does not make the playoffs. That's right. Case in point, Mike Fisher has played for Team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that is all you need to know. Yeah. But for the men, the, the women's tournament, this is, first of all, the only other time women's hockey gets on an international stage, which is unfortunate, but it's true, outside of the Olympics. Yep. We need to change that. But at, at right now, with the PWHPA in place and, and not all female hockey players playing for the NWHL, the women's worlds are the time that we get to watch the best female hockey players in the world face off against each other. Mm -hmm. And it's... Between now and the Olympics, it's the only time. Yep. And it also happens to be a very important tournament for the formation of all of these teams in the Olympics. 
right? This is this is one of the first auditions of that course, a, yeah. a lot of players get to have. This is the first time that the top players get to compete at a high level against the competition they're very likely to be facing in, in the Olympics. And they get to kind of assess their skills. The teams get to assess where they are and they kind of spend the next year building their team. Mm-hmm. And totally now we don't right. have that. And we don't have that right now. And, and to your point, like if it gets pushed into August, what does that do to the timeline that we usually follow? Right. And I, and I know that sports have been drastically impacted across the board, but for the love of God, you know, women's sports and, and women's hockey in particular get so few options to be showcased on a national and international stage. This is one of those times and it's being taken away and it's just so disappointing. So I have been waiting for this moment since you started coming on oh, the no. show regularly. I'm afraid I'm going to have to infuriate you because I think we're on different pages here. In principle, in principle, I agree with you. The women have been shafted here. At the same time, I fully support the province of Nova Scotia. Um, Yeah. This is, you're right. The way I'm sort of looking at this is the world juniors went off without a hitch and the under 18s are about to go off down in, in Texas. And as you said, as far as we know right now, the, um, men's worlds is going to happen in, uh, in Riga and the two tournaments that have been canceled. Now there are lots of other men's tournaments at the, you know, world's B and other levels, whatever they've been called off, but not no other best on best, except the women's worlds under 18s back at the same time that the world juniors are going on were canceled. And now the women's world championships are being canceled. So optically this is awful and I feel horrible for the players. I feel horrible for these teams. I just can't get myself to a place because as you know, I don't think we should be doing any of these things. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should be hosting the Olympics. I don't think the world juniors should have happened. And I just sort of look at it like, to me, Alberta was wrong to do it. And we saw that throughout, right? Germany got screwed over and ended up having to play games at like 14 guys on the team. And Sweden had guys get sick. Canada, you couldn't keep Canada safe at their training camp. They all got quarantined away for two weeks. And I think Alberta and Hockey Canada and the IIHF were wrong to host World Juniors. And so to me... I don't think that should be precedent sent, uh, setting that just because one province did it and showed disregard for, for their citizens and, and their resources and things like that doesn't mean another one has to. Now I will say the timing sucks. You told them like we're less than a, a couple days before teams were supposed to start to arrive. Um, and their chief medical officer said, I think this can be done safely. So I understand the frustration. I certainly hate the optics of it, but I'm, I'm just sort of at a place where I think Nova Scotia was right to do what they did. Their cases, despite being low, and I kind of got into it a little bit on Twitter the other day with somebody, they you know, Nova Scotia's at seven cases for a hundred thousand people and they can't pull this off to me. That's an indication that what Nova Scotia has done all through the pandemic has been good, right? Has been correct and not a reason to change it, to invite athletes to your door 
from around the world to slap a puck around. And I, I guess my argument has less to do with gender. And uh, despite the fact that, as I said off the top, it has been two women's tournaments that are the ones canceled. This one for me is more about the place it was to be played making a decision than it was the IIHF being willing to throw the women overboard, if that makes sense. Yes, it absolutely does. And I'll say that I'm with you on the province's decision not to host a gigantic tournament, bringing people in from across the world, really, mm-hmm. to one place. I and, and I and I was critical of Alberta for doing that with the World Juniors, yep. and I, I fully recognize the hypocrisy here. My well, issue is okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Is it like, like uh, I wouldn't I'm, call like, it hypocrisy. People, that's all. I yeah, people may, p- people may make that argument if they remember me me saying that yeah, uh, on on a previous show. But let me kind of back it up sure. a bit. Like the problem is those risks are taken so that men's tournaments can go on. Yep. And yet we're not seeing the same effort put into keeping women's tournaments in place. Now, I don't blame Nova Scotia for making the decision they did, especially with everything going on right now. Mm-hmm. They're hanging on by a thread to keep people out. Yeah, right? and their like cases have doubled in the last week again. So exactly. I, I kind of get it. I'm, you don't want to burst that Atlantic bubble. It's worked for them. Yep. My thing is, okay, it can't be done in, in Nova Scotia. Move it somewhere else. Yep. Right? I don't care that, that Canada won the bid have it next year or whenever like like replace another year with Canada will get another chance to hold this tournament yeah no no doubt about that that. yeah but if Dallas wants to host it let Dallas host it the infrastructure is clearly already there do whatever needs to be done to have this tournament safely because you've done that with men's tournaments I agree with that I do agree with that if you can find a jurisdiction and you can because they're willing to do whatever I would be fine with that. I just, I, I kind of, I'm in a place, despite the fact that they're taking a pile of shit for it, for, you know, in some cases legitimate and in some cases not, uh, reasons, I'm, I applaud them for stepping up and going, this is just, this sports can't be a priority right now. We got bigger things to worry about. And I'm with you though, that Hockey Canada paid it out of their own dime. It wasn't the IIHF to send private jets to Europe to get the world junior teams to make that happen. So I don't know if there's somewhere else in Canada that's willing to host it. I, I, let me ask you, what would you prefer to see? Um, because obviously this is going to take some time to reorganize, even if it was going to Dallas or to Europe or wherever it might be. Would you rather see if we're delaying this anyway and we still want to do it, would you rather see it end up in another country in kind of, I don't know, mid-June or however long it's going to take to reshuffle everything and, and get everybody set? Let's say it's June 20th or something, or still have it in Halifax in on August 20th or something like that, uh, presuming that things are, you know, I, I think we're all optimistic that by the end of the summer we'll be in a better place than we are now. Yeah, nowhere to go but up. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't, I'm just kidding, universe. Please don't challenge me on that. <laughs> yeah, you're playing with fire. <laughs> I know. I just realized what I did. Yeah. Um, 100%, I would rather see a different country host it if it means it can happen on a somewhat similar timeline. Again, safely. Right. Like That is yeah. the underlying thing here. Yeah. I'm not saying risk anybody's life. Um, please do this safely. But like you, you brought up a great point earlier. The timelines here really matter. We are one year out from the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Less than yep. one year out from the Winter Olympics. It takes a long time to get these teams formed. They start like they centralize usually in the summer and they start 
forming a team, weeding out people one by one in the coming months. Yep. It's it's well over a year, but let's just say for argument's sake, it's a year. Mm-hmm. And we are getting, we're encro- encroaching on that timeline very dangerously at this point. So for I you, the you sooner need, the better, regardless the of location. Su- the sooner the better. And and I think that if I'm being, I never thought I would say this. <laughs> I think in the States is probably the safer place to have it right now. I know their case numbers yeah. are up, but their vaccination numbers are through the roof as well. And, and you know that, I, okay, I hope the <laughs> devil IHF is not just going to throw them into a place where no uh, restrictions are being followed, no protocols are being followed. I'm sure they're going to be very stringent about that. Yeah. But just with with it the, funny the to vaccine think, like, rollout, Texas is our haven right now. <laughs> We're all trying to get to Texas. Like, and to me, part of that is they're open. They're not fully vaccinated. They do still have a pile of cases, but business is open. So you can go do whatever you want there. You can host events. And, and so off they went for the uh, men's under 18s and maybe they'll do the same for the women. Um, I still think that's, I want to see the event happen. I'm not sure I love Texas, but I don't know where else you're likely to go, right? Like who else in, can Europe, like your point that the infrastructure is already there. They're hosting an international tournament starting in the next, I think it's in like two weeks. So you have the rinks, you have the facilities, you have the uh, volunteers and, and maybe even the officials, if you could roll this in quick enough and, and start right after maybe, I, I don't know how fast you could turn this around. So that's a, a good point. I don't know where in Europe might be able to get up and running that quickly. Maybe Texas has to be where you go. Yeah. Who knows? Like, I, I just want them to have it and yes. have it safely and put the same resources and effort into having women's tournaments as they have men's throughout this pandemic. Yep. No, it you're just right seems like the same, the same amount of effort and, and consideration is not given to the women's game. And I think that's what people have a really big issue with. Oh, and I, I totally get that for sure. I, yeah. I do understand, but to me, I'm just sort of like Alberta has been far more lenient all the way through this and yeah. look what it's done for them. Nova Scotia has been extremely stringent all the way through this and look how they've done. So I, I just, I don't really you know, to me, that's a, a jurisdiction thing as much as anything else, but the IIHF should be now very actively looking at what to do, where to go, how to still host this event. But uh, I was very hesitant to put, you know, how Twitter is to, uh, to put my yeah, you gotta be careful. feelings about that on there. <laughs> it's not a great place for context. Um, or nuance. Exactly. So yeah, it, it was, um, but I, I just, you know, you want to see it happen. You feel awful for the athletes, but I just, I couldn't get myself to a place where I was like upset with, with Nova Scotia. This has sort of been their path. I just, I do believe they could have said something long before this though. <laughs> like they did kind of leave it to the last yeah. second. That's the thing. And, and I get that. I mean, I, I think Ontario has been well on their way to, to this hellscape yep. um, that we're currently living in for a while. But I think the Maritimes have been somewhat, bombarded and caught off guard recently with with their cases so so i imagine that maybe nova scotia thought they could get it done and then just you know for whatever reason at the last minute you know with with the cases going up things change so well i'm glad you're still here situation i didn't infuriate you too badly you are still sitting here so (laughs) when you said i'm gonna infuriate you i was like oh lord here we go if you say anything about marie philip poulin not being the greatest player in history i swear to god no (laughs) Um, she I will say this. A world championship. Oh God. Yeah. I will say this. The last world championships, the women's world championships, <laughs> nearly killed me. Um, if you'll remember, Finland beat Canada yeah, in the I semifinals. Do. Yeah. And everyone always says, Oh, it's Canada, US, yep. and nothing else. Well, 
look what happened. And I'll admit that I normally expect Canada in the gold medal game. Yeah, of course. Uh, but watching these semis and, and the way that Finland came back and the way that they just completely held Canada at bay, yep. I thought I was going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> I, I'm amazed I didn't die. And what? then the, the gold medal game with Finland and the, and the USA, Finland won that game. That's they won true. that yeah, game in that's... overtime and it got called back oh, on. Oh, you're I'm right. Sorry, I forgot about that. BS goaltender interference call. Yep. Absolute B. Th- that was like the goalie interfering with herself, but then somehow got it. Anyway, I'm not getting into it. Uh, <laughs> my therapist says I have stopped talking. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like it, it, it is still with me to this day. That was one of the most entertaining tournaments I've ever watched. So it's, th- it's we hard need eh? this tournament to happen. Like you love to see the growth. But why did it have to be at our expense, right? Like, why exactly. didn't they beat the Americans? That, that was my exact thought. I was like, I got on the air, I think, like, a couple days later. And I was like, you know what? It's really great for the girls <laughs> in hockey that Finland won. But for the love of God, did it have to be against Canada? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> why? Like, when Sweden beat out um, the States in Torino in 2006. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Sweden took on Canada in the gold medal game. It was like a 5 nothing win for Canada. But I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, this is great for the growth of women's hockey because it wasn't my team they were beating yes, out. of course. <laughs> like, ah, yes, good for you, Sweden. Yeah, no, and then all of a sudden, oh, this is way less fun. Screw the growth of the sport. I want to be in the gold medal game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it can grow all at once as long as Canada's growing yep, with it. For sure. Uh, You're right. It does uh, make for an an important tournament, an important opportunity. Um, It gets the the attention back on, you know, where it should be. I think, was it 2012 or 2013 or something? It was here, the, uh, here in Ottawa? Yes, 2013. Yeah, I I actually was at most of the games. Yeah, I was at, um, Um, we bought a a, a couple friends and I went to, uh, you could buy like the day pass or something. So in the round robin, I think we saw Finland versus Switzerland in front of family and friends, essentially. Like it was like 13 people in the building because we went out at 1 PM on a Wednesday or whatever it was. And then you got to stay Canada, USA for the round robin. And the place was pretty close to sold out. If not, you know, like it was jammed and had an awesome vibe to it. And like we were there for, uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it went to overtime and a shootout in the round robin and Canada yeah. wins it. And it was just a blast. People are jumping up and down and hugging each other. And of course, I believe Canada went on to lose in the, the gold medal game. Sure uh, did. Yeah. So, but I, I've been to that. I, I was at the four nations cup down in Kitchener when it was there in maybe Oh three or something like that. Again, just a jam packed barn, people having a blast. Like it's an important tournament and Halifax would have been a great setting for it in a normal time like that building they've hosted the world juniors they do a night they've hosted world championships before as well for the men with uh, quebec city um 10 years or so ago now but you know it would have been a great place for it the tournament has an awesome vibe even on top of the you know the benefit to the sport and the you know building for olympics and stuff like that just to be there as a spectator. It's a blast. It's great hockey and, and people, oh, yeah. anytime you get to throw the maple leaf on, like everybody gets all excited. So, um, it's a shame that, uh, it's going through this right now, but all sports are kind of going through it at the same level. And you're right. It does seem to be the women being impacted more. I just, uh, in this particular instance, it is the women getting screwed by Nova Scotia, but I had a hard time. It, it to me, it now falls on the IIHF to see mm-hmm. where what they do to uh, to make this right. 
Exactly. God, that's her. I could wax poetic about that tournament, <laughs> that 2013 tournament yeah. all day long. That that round robin game in particular, I think it was Jenna Wakefield who scored the overtime goal or right. the shootout goal. Right. And she had this like unbelievable fake and in, in, in deke that, that she used in her shootout move and i think tessa bonham said in an interview afterwards like move over datsuki and goals it's wakefieldian goals now or something and i I hope tessa doesn't mind me telling the story but a couple years later like uh, i think this was a couple years ago back when we could still go into um hockey games Mm. i ran into tessa i've worked with tessa quite a bit like she's been on my show a number of times and i ran into her at the sens game i was doing the pregame show and i was leaving the broadcast booth as the the big time TSN people were coming in and I was chatting with Tessa. She was coming in to, to host the panel. And I, and she said something like the last time I was in this building, it was the 2013 uh, world championships. And I was playing, I was like, Oh yeah, I was at that. Yeah. I, I was at that gold medal game. And she goes, yeah, sorry about that. And I was like, Oh no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> like I had created this incredible, awkward, like uh, self-reflection moment for this hockey player who lost in a gold medal game. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go, light myself on fire now <laughs> tessa has a great story in um in james duthie's newest book which is called beauties and uh, james has been on the show to talk about it and um basically it's her i believe it was her sister and her sister's fiance went looking for cigars in case canada won at vancouver 2010 and so they get into the building, they have tickets obviously, and they have this pack of cigars, which would of course become infamous after the game. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I can't just give them to Tessa. Like what a jinx, right? Like you don't prepare yep. for a win. And so nope. she had found a staff or it might've even been the third string goalie now. I can't remember. Like as everyone was going out to the ice and handed them off and they went and hid them back you know, in like one of the trainer's rooms so that they wouldn't be seen either if you come back having lost or whatever. And, um, just the, the details in the the book, if people are interested in these sorts of stories, there's the whole book is stories like this anyway. And, and so Tessa ends up, you know, afterwards being the one handing out all these cigars to, uh, um, to the rest of the team. And she later on, prime minister Harper comes in to congratulate them. And, uh, he, she offers him a cigar and he accepts happily. And then she goes, can you show me how to light this? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, for sure. So Those photos of that team mm-hmm. smoking cigars and drinking Molson Canadian on the ice are still one of my proudest moments of as course. a Canadian. I don't give a F-bomb about the controversy that that ensued. I thought that was absolute BS because that was one of the greatest moments in Canadian history. It's a heritage minute. That's true. Yeah. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. (laughs) No, it's true. So um, anyway, love Tessa, I guess, with the moral of that story. Yeah. Shout out Tessa. Yeah. Uh, She's awesome. And uh, shout out Team Canada and all the female hockey players who unfortunately right now do not have a world championships to play in, but hopefully they get one figured out. Um, uh, Speaking of COVID protocols Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, people being unhappy with them. Robin Leonard had some interesting comments this week. Robin Leonard was unhappy, yeah. Robin Leonard was unhappy and he voices his opinion about it, which... I will. I love Robin Leonard for this in particular, for many things, but for this in particular, because we criticize hockey players for being just incredibly boring yep. all the time. Yep. Male hockey players, anyway. Sure. Um, and Robin Leonard is always an interesting interview, and he, he you never know when he's going to say something that is is going to be a little controversial, or like he he's just very open. We've seen him be very open with his experiences, and and I appreciate that. But he 
this week, uh, after a, 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 during a post-game press conference, seemingly at the end, like not really prompted by a question, he went on a bit of a, like a 10-minute rant mm-hmm. about how the NHL and the NHLPA had essentially promised players that if you all got vaccinated, we would start easing some of these restrictions. Yeah. And I guess right now, obviously in the States, the players can be vaccinated. Anybody above 16 can be vaccinated at yep. this point. So it's well within the, the jurisdiction and, and the rules for them to be vaccinated. And I am assuming that many of them have been, and these restrictions have not been lifted. And according to the NHL, it has something to do with um, giving teams a competitive yep. advantage because yep. they can go and bond, right? They can go out to dinner and, and, <laughs> you know, see each other. And, uh, and that would be bad. And Robin Leonard basically said like, you know, we've, they've kind of been lied to, they've been misled and they're not able to do this. And it's, you know, he talked about how it's wearing on him, mm-hmm. um, and his mental health. He, he um, told, he came out publicly a couple of years ago and told people that he was diagnosed with bipolar. I think it's bipolar one. And that one of the things that is just the absolute worst for his condition in particular is being isolated. Right. And he's isolated right now. And, and he said, and, and I'm not saying that this is because of his mental illness. He, he did say this. Um, I don't want to make assumptions about anybody with a mental illness, but he did say that this, in his situation, this has been particularly difficult. And I imagine it's been difficult to varying degrees for everybody. Yep. Right. I know everyone experiences this pandemic from a different perspective, but even the most privileged people are getting a little lonely for God's sakes. For right. Sure, yeah. So you could hear the frustration in his voice and and the exhaustion in his voice. And he, he wasn't happy with the NHL. Bill Daly then came out and basically refuted this and said, we said no such thing. Right. Um, looks like it's a bit of a he said, he said situation. Seriously? But what, what were your thoughts on, on Robin Leonard's comments to begin with? Um, sympathetic, I guess. And we've talked about this before, you and I, a couple of weeks ago with baseball, right? They were going to have to get to an 85% threshold of your team. And once that happened, your restrictions would be loosened. And you are starting to see that on, uh, on many baseball teams. We hadn't heard anything official from the NHL um, on such a number or a threshold um, so yeah, I, I would imagine that there is frustration and, and his condition certainly is, uh, relevant to the discussion. I don't think early on, and he never asked for any kind of special treatment. So whatever, I don't think early on, it could be much of a factor, but now, yeah, you would be going, look, like my family's vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. My whole team maybe is vaccinated. Um, m- most of my community is vaccinated. I, I don't know what the numbers are like right now in Nevada. I, I, I'm sympathetic and I, I don't know what was said to him and, and what wasn't, but I, I, I don't know what to make of the competitive balance thing because no one, as far as we know on Canadian teams, maybe Joe Thornton, uh, has, other than Joe Thornton have been vaccinated yet. Right? That's so, a competitive advantage. Right. 40 year old Joe is eligible for the vaccine. Uh, go get it jumbo. Um, I was laughing earlier on realizing that the Leafs have a player who can be vaccinated, but a GM who is not yet old enough. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that, but that's awesome. So, um, I don't know. I I don't know, but to me, it's not so much about the, the, in my limited knowledge of the thing that it would be going out and being able to bond and stuff like that as much as getting the hell out of your hotel room, right. And, and being a little more active and, um, you know, just in terms of, but, but is it an actual competitive balance? I, I don't know. 
I guess it's not right now. Like in theory, anyone in the U S can get the vaccine and they're not playing Canadian teams who can't get it so far. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really know. I guess when you got to the cup final or a, whoever comes out of Canada at the conference finals, if they haven't been vaccinated yet, that I guess you could make some sort of argument that one team could still be um, befallen by the virus and the other not or whatever, but you're not changing that really. So I don't know what to make of this. I, I understand his frustration. Like, is there any sort of end game? Like, is this just going to be the way it is for the rest of the season and the playoffs? Or is there a number? Is there a threshold? I, he, it's not an unfair point he's bringing up. That's the thing. This isn't, this doesn't become an unfair competitive advantage until the conference finals. Yeah. And, and by then, Lord have mercy. I like to think we will be in a somewhat better position here in Canada where there's a possibility. Some of these, if not most of the, of the players from the Canadian team exiting the North division are perhaps vaccinated. Yeah. And I know, again, I'm challenging the universe to smite me here, but <laughs> like, I don't get the competitive advantage argument at all. Your American teams are playing your American teams. They all have the same advantage. They all have the same opportunity to get vaccinated right now. This yeah. does not make sense to me. I also, I mean, am I shocked that the NHL maybe walked back on something it had promised or uh, wasn't completely truthful about something? Heard you crack number two, by the way. Yep. We're loving the home cool. ice advantage here. Is it good? Yeah. Real Love nice. It. It's crushable. Speaking of competitive advantages in home ice, um, <laughs> I, I just, th that argument is such BS to me. Um, I, but again, like, would I be overly shocked if the NHL, yeah. you know, did this? No. That's very NHL. It's, it, it, this is par for the course with them. This is on brand. Well, to just like, even not have a plan. Like, why wouldn't you just come out in, if you're coming out to refute what was or wasn't said and you disagree with Robin Leonard, why wouldn't you just say, our policy is that these are in place for the remainder of the season, regardless, or yeah. once a full team or once 85% of a team or whatever it may look like Just state clearly. And for the record, what the protocol is, what the policy is, and then you can hate it, but at least you go, Oh, okay, well, there it is in writing. Everybody knows what's up and we carry on, right? Like you don't have to love yeah. it, but at least it would be well known and understood to just sit here in this gray area that to me is the most NHL thing ever to not have a clear plan laid out for the public and your players and all these things. Honest to God. <laughs> Again, like this is so on brand. I wonder if, and this is like my speculation, but you know, are they worried that as they lay out this rule of, okay, you get to 85%, whatever it is, vaccination, you can start easing restrictions. Mm -hmm. If certain teams are going to be outed for not having Yep. a super high compliance rate of vaccination. And if that's what they're worried about, and if that's the case, why are you protecting them? Uh, yeah. And then we start getting into the whole, you know, people's freedom to choose and whether they'd be vaccinated <sighs> yeah. and this and that, and it becomes a real thing. That's an interesting point though, that they don't want to have to have this discussion about, you know, a certain number of guys on whatever team aren't vaccinated. So the whole team's being, and you know, we talked about like a third string catcher did. being the guy who's just like, then you're cut, man. Cause you're holding us back from yes, 85%. And I, I know, you know, someone's going to come at me with like rights and freedoms. Like, okay, yeah. you don't want to get the vaccine. Cool. Why are you hiding from it? 
Right. Why? Why? Like, yeah. if you don't want to get it, why are you ashamed of that fact? Yeah. No. Well, why true. would you not? Like, if you care so much about your rights and freedoms, you would probably be okay with saying publicly, "Yeah, I didn't get the vaccine." But obviously, and and again, purely speculative yep. on yep. my part. But if that is the case, then obviously there's something you know, that you know stopping them. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, like there is a million different reasons why the NHL may have um, walked this back. I don't blame Robin Leonard for being upset and and frustrated. You could hear the frustration in his voice yep. and just how exhausted he was. I think we all felt that a little bit, right? Like, sure. you know, he's a million dollar hockey player. Okay, sure. But uh, money doesn't shield you from this crap. No. Money nice. doesn't shield you from from mental illness, and it doesn't shield. And, and I mean that like not just because of Robin Leonard's specific situation, no. but it doesn't shield you from isolation causing you mental problems. No. It doesn't shield you from loneliness and all that stuff, right? And like, it doesn't and, shield you from the virus. You can ask the Canucks, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, this is, this is a mess. This is complicated, and but even you just, people in positions of privilege can yep. have a hard time with this. Yeah. And and, I, and I'm acknowledging that. Okay, million dollar hockey player who gets to isolate in a, in a hotel room versus a central worker who has to go into a factory. Okay, yep. that's different. Yes, I, I, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm I'm just saying that you you can understand and sympathize with the position of being sick of being isolated from your team outside of the ice. Um, especially considering that the fact that you're like hugging and like spitting on each other on the ice Honestly, and yet every you goal, can't you're hang still out hugging and play and cards. And, no, you're so right. Like the optics of the thing are so, uh, so it weird. It doesn't make sense. And you got coaches, coaches wearing masks on the oh. bench and you're like, and most of them are pulling it down, especially yours. Chin and diapers. screaming at guys and whatever, or referees. It is weird. Then they're going to walk into, you know, the locker room and I can't imagine across the league those are all staying on getting on the, exactly. the team uh the team charters and stuff I, I don't know it just seems the nhl has done a lot of really weird things here these people are either in the bubble with you or they're not um i don't have a huge issue with it, it it's just weird that's all yeah and i don't think what he's asking for is like hey i want to go out clubbing no i just want to like hang out with my friends or sure. see someone you know, not be isolated and lonely in a hotel room. I want to go for a walk with somebody. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it's very strict it is, yeah. with NHL teams, right? Like it's hotel bus rink. Yep. Hotel bus, hotel plane. Yeah. Like, well, for me, like, as I said, like love or hate Robin Leonard, just lay it out. Just tell us what, what's up. How are these guys exactly. getting out of it or are they not getting out of it? This is just it. Sorry. This is it for the year. And cause all these guys did have an option to opt out right at the beginning of the season and not play. Um, so once you opted in, no matter how shitty it seemed, you did opt in and and if this was laid out, right, if it was in writing, but it doesn't seem likely that it was put in writing on how this was going to be handled once the vaccines rolled out. And now the NHL, as per usual, has a mess on their hands. And honestly, are any of us surprised if all you have to do is read the statement they put out after the Derek Chauvin verdict was read. And you, you learn everything you need to know about this NHL. (laughs) And we won't get into it. I know it's a side tangent, but one sentence, one sentence is all they game. I tweeted this right afterwards. I have never seen a league try so hard repeatedly to say absolutely nothing (laughs) on these topics. We know we have to talk, but we don't want to talk. So here's some words that mean nothing. Exactly. They may have just said placeholder for PR statement here. <laughs> it had the same impact. 
when you go into your your word processor, like your pages or your Microsoft Word, and the, they have those pre-made templates for mm-hmm. what you might be wanting to do, and they have like sample addresses and stuff printed in the thing already, so you know what to do. That's essentially what the NHL sent out. Yeah, that little paper clip would have popped up and said, I see you are writing a PR statement. Yes. Can I, I help? Clippy. Oh, you should help, Clippy. They need help. Yeah. You, you should help. Only only a certain demographic of our listeners got that. <laughs> yeah. I realized that. Okay. Um, speaking of Clippy. old, uh, you mentioned Joe Thornton yes. potentially getting the vaccine. Hopefully he has and he's protected <laughs> and good for him. Um, but his team... Uh, is not doing so well. They have right not now. been protected from the <laughs> from the rest from of the losing. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Leafs on a bit of a downward spiral, uh, which may explain the fact that you're on your second beer already tonight. Yeah. Um, how you doing? How you feel? Second that you know about. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm having a hard time because I promised myself at the beginning of this season I wasn't getting on the roller coaster. This was going to be weird. It was going to be a different season. Um, no fans, just different protocols. I didn't know what to expect, how real it would be, how good it would be. It's been better than I expected. It's been closer, you know, to a real season than I expected it would look like. But I just didn't want to take the the crazy pendulum swings, especially when everyone and their mother has agreed that nothing matters for the Leafs until the playoffs. They know it. You and I know it. Everybody knows. They're going to prove yes. their critics wrong or they're not in the playoffs. And so I'm having a hard time getting too wound up or too disappointed. But my Twitter timeline is having no such problem getting wound <laughs> up or <laughs> whatever. And I saw a great line. I don't remember who put it out there, but it was after the uh, the second loss to Vancouver on Tuesday night, which was five losses in a row for this team. And it said that guys like Nick Felino, Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, um, Jason Spezza were brought into this team so that their locker room does not in any way resemble Leafs Twitter right now. <laughs> So that I literally took a sip of my beer. He said that. That was really good. <laughs> so that this may be kept in perspective, maybe whatever. And so in their last 22 games, the Leafs are 10, 9, and 3. It's not a great record, but that does encapsulate their two longest losing streaks of the season. And in that time, the Leafs are getting sub 900 goaltending, have scored just four power play goals, and they're still above 500. In this most recent five-game losing streak, their save percentage is awful. Their power play percentage is awful. And their penalty kill is awful. Um, Although I would argue the penalty kill is tied more to the goaltending than the way the team is killing. But it's a reasonable argument if people want to have it. Uh, But most reasonable arguments don't take place on Twitter. This is, while that's happening... They're still like second in the league in high danger scoring chances. They're still like fifth in um, uh, Corsi. They're still controlling play all the time. And I've never, like they dominated both of those Vancouver games and got goalied twice in two very different ways. Um, In the first one, Braden Holtby was fantastic. And in the second one, David Riddick was not really sure what David Riddick was doing. I'm not really sure it was even him or just someone wearing his jersey. 
it was brutal. And so, you know, one night you're getting screwed by the other team's goalie and the next night you're getting screwed by your own. That, um, that game that everyone said, that second Vancouver game that was so bad was the, the, the Leafs third or fourth most, um, high danger scoring per chances, you know, in a game there, it was a great game for them in terms of creating opportunities and they didn't finish. It's worth talking about why these aren't necessarily getting finished, but those games are goalie games and that sometimes that's just going to happen. It's frustrating and it's annoying, but I'm just sort of like, I don't know how to process what I'm seeing right now, right? This is still a team that is carrying the play and, and still losing. And sometimes when you slap a piece of frozen rubber around on the ice and guys on little blades chase after it, weird shit happens. And I don't know, would you be concerned if you were me with what I've seen, what I'm seeing out of this team, or is this just sort of the ups and downs of a season, even for a first place team? And it's really not particularly relevant until game one of the first round. Just check my notes here. No, <laughs> they lost. Okay, they lost five in a row. Yep. Okay, they lost. They won nine of ten in the ten games previous to yep. this losing streak. Yeah, what? This, this is the is pendulum, st- right? This is the roller coaster. <laughs> this is so typical Leafs. It isn't even funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, does this suck? Sure. Like, yeah. is it idea? I think that the two losses to Vancouver are what kind of compound this. Yes, because you you lost twice to a team that came off a month of not playing. Yep. And also had a at times debilitating illness. Yep. Most of their team, they like twenty two out of twenty three guys did, yep. or something like that. Like, okay, I get that that looks bad, right? The optics of that are not great. The last loss in particular, the 6-3 loss, yeah. was awful. Like, sorry, Big Save Dave, but you did not show up that night. Big wave, um, The uh, Yeah, really. <laughs> the, the other game was a 3-2 overtime loss. Like, okay. like Once any you, game right. gets to overtime, I just get whatever. This is a flip of the flip coin. Flip the coin. Yeah. It's a three-on-three. That's the whole point. And Braden Holpe stood on his freaking head. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Uh, you're right. It does not matter to the playoffs. Now, when we get to the playoffs and there's concern of them not getting out of the first round, I'm all oh, for it. Oh, man. My promise to not get on the roller coaster goes out the window before yeah. game one. I will be a basket case. I promise you. But for now, I'll tell you what I am. I, I am. It's not like I'm not concerned about the goaltending. I just, I think that's all this is right now. I think the rest of the team has been fine. And I've actually been relieved to see Leafs Twitter at least acknowledge that much because normally they just kick and scream about the defense and the defense has been really good this year. Like it's been fine, like much better than in previous years. Jack Campbell, even towards the end of his, you know, record setting 11 and 0 run had like three games that were sub 900. David Riddick, um, hasn't been super so far as a leaf. I, I don't like, I am concerned by that, but I just, I think that's what we need to keep in perspective is that the team is playing fine. And if one of those guys, and maybe it turns out to be Freddie coming back at some point that, that just gives you league average goaltending, they'll be fine. Like it's a good team. It's a well-built team, but they, they gambled at the beginning of the season that between Freddie and, and Campbell, they'd be able to get it done. And right now that gamble looks questionable, but that's, that's about it to me. The rest of the team's playing well. Uh, 
I guess aside from the power play, but even to be above 500 in those 22 games that I mentioned that do encapsulate your two worst losing streaks of the season, you're above 500 with only four power play goals and sub 900 goaltending. This team at five on five is still very, very good. Yeah, that, that's they're not just very good. They're atop the division. Yes. Like, this like, is your like, first place team. I, I, if this were any other team, this would this this would not happen. And and the and, and I'm not saying that you, that you're uh, seeing something that isn't real. Like, no, Leafs Twitter and Leafs fans in general have very much sounded the alarm. Yes. And I don't get it. <laughs> no. I don't get it at all. And maybe I'm I'm sitting here as a sentence fan whose mm-hmm. team is sitting at the bottom of the uh, division. Um, but like I would, I would kill for this problem. Right. Let's just say that I would kill for this problem. Oh, our team is so heavy up front <laughs> that it like makes our defense look bad at times. Right. And we just brought on this new goalie who had one bad game. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Come on, man. David Riddick, I will say this about David Riddick, and and having watched very few of his games, all I know about him is he is either Big Save Dave or he's slamming his head against a wall while walking off the ice. (laughs) Those are the two gears of David Riddick that I know about. No, it's true. Um, And that seems to be pretty consistent. And, And I will say this, like he sits there and just completely blames himself. He he sits there in the post game press conference, going, "I should have been better. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry." Yeah. And you, your heart breaks for this kid, a kid who's probably well, Campbell not too. It's almost the exact same. Like just I take oh, full yeah. responsibility and whatever. Like, okay, just don't do it again. Stop beating yourself up. Stop killing your own confidence and and just play better. I Campbell to me is the interesting one because uh, we talked about it on the show before. There was a a lot of fans making this dangerous assumption that Freddie bad means Campbell good. We didn't know that right now. Campbell did play better than I expected him to. Um, he wasn't and isn't 11 and oh good. He isn't nine thirty four good because most goalies, even the greatest goalies in the league aren't, he was going to come back to earth a little bit, but I don't think he's as bad as his last couple games either. Sub 900 goalies are voodoo, man. They go through shit Freddie's coming back. It wouldn't shock me at this point. It would have a week ago, but it wouldn't shock me if he's the guy in game one. But I still think they just need to give Campbell a little longer rope than they had. I'm surprised it was Riddick that played in in the second game in Vancouver. It will be Campbell against Winnipeg on Thursday here, an hour or so after you and I wrap this show up. Um, I, I think he'll be fine, but that's it. Just fine. Like he's league average, but that's all I need him to be. I don't need him to be 11 and 0 guy. <laughs> I just, the league fans have just quit on him really fast, right? He was the all conquering hero and then he was an absolute dud. And so the Leafs <laughs> pendulum swings. Yes. Like, did anybody really expect him to be 11 and 0? for the like like that level for the rest of his career. Right. Maybe he'll come back down to earth a little bit and still be a serviceable goalie. Yep. But no one says that. Nope. No one talks about that. And this is again, this is what happens in Leafsland. But I remember when Garrett Sparks had his <laughs> his debut and got a shutout and yep. he was the first Leafs goalie to get a shutout in his debut and he cried in his post game. It was this beautiful moment. What happened? Well, it turned out he was still an AHL quality goaltender. 
turns out <laughs> maybe the first game or the first couple of games is not exactly who this goaltender is. Right. Now I'm not saying Jack Campbell is going to go the way of Garrett Sparks and no. I, I hope to God he doesn't and I don't <laughs> think he will, but maybe we need to, like, like, this is what happens where a goalie comes in and this is any team. Yes. Goalie comes in the division they're playing in the opponents don't have a lot of tape on him mm-hmm. because he's new. Yep. Right. We saw it with the Hamburglar run here in, in Ottawa in 2015. No one had tape on Andrew Hammond, so he won How about like this year, 20. The parade of nobodies that Ottawa's run out there that no one's ever seen before that have all looked stellar in their first game or <laughs> two. I wonder why. Deco- yeah, Anton Forsberg is them. a killer for his first few, and th- just here's a bunch of guys. Nobody's got the book on them, and then oh, now we have the book on them. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Every goalie comes back down to earth. And and Jack Campbell is just doing that, and he's still going to be fine. Yep. And even if he's not, I think that the, the Leafs' offense will, you know, yes. okay, I'll allow three goals, you score four. That's Pittsburgh c- Penguins won, yep. won a, a Stanley Cup in 2009 because of that. How about like, uh, Anti Niemi and the Chicago Blackhawks? That's for the love of God. <laughs> what you should do, and this is why I've been okay with everything that Dubis has done and how he's built this team. Because goalies are voodoo, you should assume that every goalie is league average when you sign them. You're not ever getting George Vesna back, but you're probably also not getting Vesa Toskala back. Plan to receive league average goaltending and then build a team that scores 0.5 goals per game more than that. And they have done that. That's what they've built. And if they get average goaltending, they'll be fine. If they don't, I'll be having... Bacardi fueled rage pods after these playoff games in just over a month yeah. or so. So, but I that's wish all I you was can a do. Night person, and I yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's an ugly scene if I'm being honest with you. But uh, oh, I can't wait for playoff, Matt. It's it's not a good it's not a good scene. <laughs> oh, I, I have no doubt. I love like I rational Matt goes out the window. Oh no, that's don't worry, man. Like you're not alone here. The playoffs bring out a special side in all of us. Yes. I've I I would love to be a part of them one day. Um, (laughs) Let's just, let's, okay, I'm kidding. The Sens went to the Eastern Conference Finals last time they were in the playoffs. It's fine. Thank you for bringing Um, that up. It's good. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Again, two gears with this team. It's either uh, conference finals or lottery pick. World beater or just awful. Yeah. Yeah. But so y'all know I'm married to a Leafs fan Mm. and uh, we were together. Case problem. I'm. I'm just mentally preparing, but we, we were together for six years before. No. Yeah. No, six years before I saw playoff Josh, mm. because in 2013, yep. when the, when the Leafs made the playoffs in, in the lockout shortened season, we all know what happened there. Yeah. Or do we? Yeah. No, no, we all, I, wait. <sighs> yeah, no, we all know what happened there. Um, that was the first playoff Josh I had ever seen in my life. That's an and unfair I way to measure him. That was a rough, rough. That, and, and and I get yeah the 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 way it ended was not exactly you know the best um, <laughs> measurement of of my no. husband. But like the it's the games leading up to that I was like, oh, you're weird in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, we all have our little playoff rituals. We all have our little things we do, and like you learn that about it. It was just such a funny thing. I was like, we have been together for six years. We lived together. We had two dogs. And I was like, I thought I knew you. Oh. 
We all I have did for, not. For better or worse, Michaela. <laughs> well, uh, we hadn't made that si- promise at that time. Oh, okay. In sickness. <laughs> yeah, there was still a chance to get out. And Thank God you- I saw him after that. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that actually, that leads me to a funny question. Okay. And I know we had talked about maybe talking about this in a previous episode. Yeah. Obviously, we, we all know what we're hinting at. The Leafs lost in Game 7 to Boston because it was 4-1. Yeah. You have a funny story about that game to tell me that you've been promising for the last few weeks, and I want to hear it. Well, it's not so much funny as it is soul-crushing. Um, okay, well, that's funny to me. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough left in this beer to get through. So, Oh, do you have to crack another beer? Uh, is this maybe. a third beer episode? <laughs> so, uh, if you recall... And and you may not, I don't know how invested you were in that series and, and whatever as a Sens fan, but game, the game six and game seven were on back-to-back nights. And so the night of game six was Mother's Day and my mom drove up to Ottawa to visit with my sister and I, uh, who obviously both live here in Ottawa. We took her to dinner, but the promise was, and she's a Leaf fan too. She's not necessarily like just must catch every second of every game like I am. But she understood we would be wrapping up Mother's Day dinner before 7 p.m. for game six, where the Leafs were trying to stay alive. So um, we went for dinner and then I assumed I was probably going to head home or meet up with a buddy or two or whatever, but she was interested in the game. So we went to Real Sports there right in the market, which was awesome. I was so sad when that place closed, yeah. um, mainly because I love to see Sens fans putting money in the coffers of MLSE, but uh, mm. that's for a whole, it was a great place. We love that too. Sure. So we went in there and watched game six, the Leafs stay alive. It was a great place to watch a game. It had that huge TV and then like hundreds all over the place around it. And because I don't remember what the Sens circumstances were whether they'd been eliminated or moved on or just weren't playing that night. But for the most part in that, uh, that year, they were alternating nights, right? The, they got lucky that, so it was full of leaf fans and we had a great time. So my mom decides on the morning of game seven, she's not going to go home. She's, you know, I'm going to stick around. Do you want to go back to real sports? Yeah, sure. Why not? So for game seven, we go back to real sports. And it was still mostly Leaf fans, but you know, there were some other people hoping to see us all have a bad time. Oh yeah. Cause it's not like, it's not just non Leafs fans. Right. It's like you're either in Ottawa, you're either a Leafs fan or you hate or them. Or you hate them, right? You're not, yeah. there was nobody in the building who was indifferent to what was going mm. to happen. So as you've referenced, it's four one. I think it was Either Kadri or Kessel got the 4-1 goal. Um, Cody Franzen scores two goals in that game. Matt Fratton on the breakaway has a chance to put it away and make it 5-1. Matt Fratton? I forgot about Matt Fratton. (laughs) Um, Matt Fratton has a chance to make it 5-1 and end the game. And, And he doesn't. And then with about 10 minutes left, the Bruins just start coming. And, uh, And line change after line change after line change. Oh, no. They're just coming and and you can feel it happening. And I think Lucic gets the goal to make it 4-2. I'm not going to go through all of them because I can't remember. But at 4-3, this place is far less celebratory than it had been just a few minutes earlier. Leaf fans were yelling and having a great time and jumping up and down. And, you know, you're talking to people at other tables about how great this is. 
I had actually just finished a year or two of educating a friend of mine. Her name's Ashley and I've never forgiven her to this day on hockey. She'd never cared. And she started coming out with us and enjoying games. Uh, she wasn't there that night, but she texted me at four one the na 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 hey 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 goodbye and i was furious oh, yeah. with her you do not text me shit like that to jinx this nope. in a game 7 you you're still a rookie you don't understand what's happened no so at 4-4 four, four, i could be wrong i think it's Bergeron who ties it but i i can't, i could be wrong i'm starting to actually think it might have been Sagan which would have been the ultimate dagger i, I could be wrong it doesn't matter I ask the waitress as she comes for the bill. I know we're going to overtime. Check. Yeah. We're not staying for this. And and just before the waitress had come, a guy had run up to our table where I'm sitting with my mom and my sister and screamed, fuck the Leafs, like <gasps> at our table. And I'm like, it's getting ugly here. And I already know, Michaela, as you do, in game seven of a playoff series, you don't get to blow a 4-1 lead and then still win in overtime. This is already done, right? The the despite the fact that we're we're going to wait and see how painful we can make it in overtime. I already know it's done. So, my mom's kind of looking at me. She's like, "We're leaving?" I'm like, "Yes. We're not going to be here when this goes exactly the way everyone knows how it's going to go." So, we walk a couple blocks to my sister's place and and that was it. Like she was blown away as like I what we're leaving before overtime like yes we're leaving before overtime this is going to be a scene and sure enough um I'd of course worn a leaf jersey we watched the overtime game at my sister's condo and then I had to walk back up to somewhere else to catch a bus home and I had taken the leaf jersey off but it's you're still clearly carrying it right everybody can see whatever and this is the infamous uh, one of my favorite Ottawa sports fan things that I still cling to. Another guy drove by in his car and uh, someone stuck their head out the passenger seat uh, window and screamed at me, fuck Toronto. He's wearing a Raptors hat. Oh, come no, on. Man. No, and I, I, this is it. I get it. The Raptors and the Jays are supposed to be national teams, but you need to be smart enough to scream at me again, fuck the Leafs, not fuck exactly. Toronto, right? Choose you don't- <laughs> your words. <laughs> And I, the rest of us look that bad. was the most walk of shame thing I've ever been through in my life is the like 10 mm-hmm. blocks from my sister's condo up to the bridge behind Rideau Center to catch the bus to head back home. Um, but yeah, it's just this party that was going on at Real Sports that just eroded away and got to a place where it was angry. People were, like I said, ran up to the table to scream in our faces and it was, it was time to go. And sure enough, Ooh. it didn't take more than five minutes into overtime before I know it was Bergeron who scored that. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. What I remember as clear as day is not more than like five minutes after that went in, uh, they switched to the national cause obviously the game was on CBC and, um, what's his name there? Our Canadian astronaut. Oh, Chris Atfield. Yeah. He was coming back from, uh, from the space station and the, the thing landed somewhere in Kazakhstan or whatever. And they had cameras on the guys coming out of the capsule when it landed back on, uh, on earth on the same night, he had probably missed the game. I know he's a Leafs fan. <laughs> oh no. He was coming back to earth for that. <laughs> Just to find out how the game go. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, 
No, it was it was quite a swing. It was quite a party at uh, Real Sports that probably became a party for ten or twelve people at the end of the overtime. But my walk of shame back through the market, <laughs> people screaming and yelling and laughing at you, and oh, it's that a rough sucks. night, rough night. And I'm sure my that mom does. wishes she hadn't stuck her. Honestly, that sounds like a rough one. I'm I'm not even gonna make fun of you for that because that sucks. Um, I but I, I, might... I didn't turn on sports talk, radio, TSN, no. Sportsnet, anything for literally weeks. I just that was the most crushing of all. And so when Leaf fans now do this thing where the game on Sunday night was like that's just like the David Ayers game. No, it's not. When yeah. Sens fans want to tell me that the 6-5 in this regular season, it was 5-1 against the Sens in January or February, whatever it was, and you guys came back and won at 6-5. It's just like it's 4-1. No, it's not. I'm telling you, some random Tuesday game in in the middle of the season isn't even coming close to. It's hard to hurt me as a Leaf fan now. Like, there are scars that are hard to break through and cut me again. It'll take something big. And this team will find a way. This, they will find a way oh, to hurt me like that again. But these random ass mid-season games that, were, that are just easy to throw away and be like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, the 6-5 game was fun. I know but. it was fun for you. And if I was a Sens fan, I would have been loving it. I would rub it in Leafs fans' face. All these things. I absolutely think the Sens should have had a good time with that. But as a Leaf fan, you there was no chance I was you getting move as, on. You're as, making the playoffs. I like was that, just not going to get anywhere near as riled up as, as people wanted me to for something like that. That's all. No, exactly. Like, like, like let, the way I saw that, like I enjoyed it, but like, sure. let, let sense fans have it. Yeah. Th- th- we're not making the playoffs. That's your season. Exactly. Yeah. The, the Leafs have that comfort. Um, yeah. and, and I will say like, I, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't take pleasure in watching videos of maple leaf square uh, in game seven or there's one video that went viral of this family or group of friends who filmed themselves watching the whole game because apparently this is what we do now (laughs) um and just the the, like the the erosion of the mood in that room is i I love it it's poetry it's so Um, funny because it was a victory like the bruins had been smashing us for years like we shouldn't have made it to game seven. It never should have been four one. No, the because the Bruins were up three nothing at one point on this yeah, series. Yeah, uh, three they one, not? three one, three one. Okay, yeah. so so the Leafs at least like I remember when they came back and forced game seven, and yeah. I thought, oh shit, the yeah. Leafs are winning this game, <laughs> this like this series. Like, right. sorry, <laughs> maybe this was my A fault. A lot of us thought um, that. <sighs> at least, but at like you know, they, they 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 shouldn't have been in this game. Nope. They shouldn't like they were, should have been eliminated in five or six games. It just wasn't um, a very good team. And even like Bozak, our number one center, Tyler Bozak is out. We got Joe Colburn in the lineup. Like Mark Fraser oh, is on our top some pair. Unbelievable percentage. Yes. Like, no, the like whole thing was a Corsi so anomaly that was bound to come crashing back to earth. I just didn't expect that it would all happen in 10 minutes in the third period of a game seven. <laughs> because nothing. And I will say this, nothing happens to the Leafs normally. no, we will make it's, it spectacular. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs this year, but I promise you it will not be boring. God, like, it's like, 
we talk about, I was, I was talking to Ian Mendez about this because we all know that he got uh, ratioed pretty hard yes. um, for a tweet about being okay with the least winning the cup. Yeah. And by the way, shame on anybody who genuinely ri- ripped him apart. I get the jokes, but he, I like, texted him and told him many people would consider that to be a Bush league tweet. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I know he got some pretty genuinely harsh things said to him. And, yeah. and to be honest, like F everyone who said that, because you all know Ian Mendez is a gem in the city and you yep. need to treat him appropriately. But what a heel my, my, it, yeah, seriously, we can't lose Ian. <laughs> Ian is a gem. Um, my point being, yeah. one of the things I said to him was, Hey man, I got ratioed like nothing obviously to, to that extent because I don't have the platform that Ian does. Right. But I got ratioed real hard once by saying that I would be okay mm-hmm. with the Leafs winning a particular series because I thought it would be more entertaining in the next round. Right. Like strictly from a hockey standpoint, okay. I just wanted to watch entertaining hockey. I think it was the year they were playing Washington. Oh yeah. And I thought, you know, they're a more entertaining team at the time. Yep. I know they have Obi, but I know the, the Caps have Obi, but I, I just wanted to see the Leafs you know, go into the next round. I thought I, I do think they play entertaining hockey. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> when well, Ian's I, was like, so like he has friends in the front office or yeah, like on the PR team. Write a whole article explaining. Yeah, it, like, it was. Come on, he man. loves Spezza, and everybody loves Spezza. Like and and just different stuff like that. He said if if it's gonna happen, I'll be okay with it this year because of this and this and this. And people were just fuck you. I'm like, well, no, like the nicest guy in the bloody city. <laughs> I don't swear on this podcast a lot because I like to guard myself from swearing Forming on the mic. I'm, I'm exactly. I'm terrified <laughs> yeah. that I am going to swear on TSN 1200 one day, <laughs> but I will say this once and once only fuck every person who dissed Ian for that. I, and I will, I will get on a soapbox and defend Ian Mendez with my life because I love that man and I owe everything I have in, in radio to him. Mm-hmm. And if you treat him improperly, you are just a terrible human being because if you don't see how genuinely valuable he is to this fan base and what a just good guy he is, then get the hell out of here. Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, tangent over. I'm sorry. Well, I, My I, point was. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I do find the least entertaining yep. and, and it's not easy to communicate that. No. Um, but like it's entertaining to watch them lose and it's entertaining to watch them win from, from a completely neutral standpoint of, I don't care what happens to this team, but they're a fun team to watch regardless and, and bless them for giving us that entertainment. Well, like if you don't want the Leafs to win, I I get that. Right. And I know you don't, but wouldn't you rather see like if Toronto's playing Montreal in the first round and it looks like that's, what's going to happen. Don't you want Toronto to win that just for the chance to see, Matthews versus McDavid for seven games or whatever that might be, right? Like to me, a series like that, I see your point, like against Washington and what I don't remember who they would have played next, but, but sometimes you're just like, I could stand to see them lose in the next round instead because that'd be a fun series to watch, right? Like exactly, yeah. exactly. It's entertaining. And if your team's not in it, you just hope for an entertaining whatever you're watching. Yes. And at the end of right? it, the team you hate loses. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't hate that. Um, I badly, by the way, badly, I cracked my second beer. needed the Sens to lose to the Penguins in 2017, whenever that was. <laughs> I'm not. I was I'll tell my story so about nervous. that one day. I was so um, nervous in that overtime in game seven. I'm like, I'll oh, never hear the goddamn I, end of this. I live in the heart of Sens country. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. All right. 
Uh, so, fair. so I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, I cracked my second beer yep. and I just okay. want to give a shout out to stalwart. I'm drinking their big papa, the peach and apricot pale ale. Papa. Yep. There it is. All right. Sorry, um, I shouldn't have done that. I <laughs> know you absolutely <laughs> should have. Uh, how do you not when you hear that word? Yep. Yep. Uh, it is a peach and apricot pale ale. It's super tasty. Don't let it fool you. It's not overly sweet. It, it tastes like kind of a, a British IPA. It's okay. very tasty. Nice. Um, so just wanted to give them another shout out. Uh, but I, we will wrap things up by okay. me telling you a story to make you feel a little bit better. Not right. much better, <laughs> but a little bit better about the 2013 playoff loss of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. It's not going to compare to game seven. It was 4-1. Uh, but Nothing ever will. That's true. Y'all remember... The Sens were obviously in the run too. They were in the playoffs that year. They played Montreal. Amazing right. series yeah. in game in, in in round one. They beat Montreal. <gasps> Yay! They move on to the second round. So exciting. Yep. One game away from it being freaking Columbus instead of Pittsburgh. But <laughs> sure, that's fine. Um, so they play Pittsburgh. And one of the things that sucks about having a birthday in May is that there's a chance. Well, it's a good and a bad thing. You're going to have playoff hockey to watch on your birthday. Yep. You also may watch your team be eliminated from the playoffs on your birthday. <laughs> oh, no. And in 2013, that happened to me. I watched the Sens get eliminated. I think it was five games. I think it was a 4-1 series, if I'm remembering correctly, that they lost to Pittsburgh. Mm. And they got eliminated on my birthday. I was sitting in the restaurant out for this very nice dinner. It was not so nice that there wasn't a TV <laughs> right. in the restaurant, but it was, it was nicer. And I was, I was in my early twenties at the time. Like we didn't have a lot of money. You know, this was kind of one of those dinners that you don't go out to very often. It's yeah. a special occasion. Went out for a nice dinner and I watched as my team got eliminated Ooh. from the playoffs on um, my birthday. So as someone whose birthday's in June, I wouldn't mind seeing my team play on my birthday once. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, my friend. I guess, yeah. Right. Because Game 7 in 2017 was also two days after my birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah, this team just loves me <laughs> and loves to celebrate my birthday in dramatic fashion. So if that makes you feel any better, I'm that year wasn't now that great the for me either. win their first round playoff series on your birthday. That'd be cool. You know that's going to happen. I would love to see that happen. Now that we've said it. It's out there in the universe. The universe will make it happen because the universe loves me. So there you go. That's my story of the 2013 playoffs. That's rough. That is hurtful. That's. uh, That would have been my champagne birthday too. Cheers for me. Oh boy. 24 on the 24th. Nice. All right. So now that we've, you know, brought Brought everybody down. Leafs and Sens fans alike, both heartbroken at the end of the pod. Oh man. Yeah. We're in a great place. Um, not mentally just in Ontario. (laughs) So, uh, why don't we wrap things up here? Um, I think, I think this was a great episode. I think we did, we did some really good work. We recovered after a rough start. We, yeah, no, (laughs) I swore for the first time. Yeah. Oh, we'll be capturing that. Sending it right to JR. (laughs) Look at this. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) I should say once more before we get out of here, old tomorrow is the brewery. Home Ice Advantage is the beer and proceeds from that beer go to Hockey Helps the Homeless. Uh, You can find more information at either oldtomorrow.com or hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com and we will share those links in the show notes as well. Nice crushable lager, really enjoyed that. Um, And it's going to be one of those great summer beers as the weather starts to turn. So if that's your thing, check it out because you'll be doing a little good while you're pounding pints. Cheers to that. 
I and love thank that. Thank you to Old Tomorrow for sending this out to me. Yeah, shout love out to a free Old Tomorrow. beer. Yeah. I haven't drank a lot of Old Tomorrow beer. I think I've had like one or two of them like that I find in the LCBO. Yeah. And and they were they were very good, but I will definitely be checking out the uh, uh, home ice advantage. I love that. Yeah, and uh, sent me a couple hats too. So good, love these guys. Nice. <laughs> yeah, good Man, guys. Liking them more and more. Yep. Good guys. Good guys. Try hard. Love the game. Um, <laughs> also, before we we uh, get out of here, want to give another shout out. Episode eight nineteen with Steve Bunda, Graham Creech, uh, where the three of you talk about UFC, which I'm told is this fighting thing um, 261 this weekend it's gonna be awesome Michaela you'll have to stay up till 10 when it starts but oh, yeah you lost me <laughs> it's gonna be a great card even if I was so passionate about UFC I couldn't do it man Watching I them can't on Sunday do mornings and- I'm much more of like the F1 really gets me F1 really gets me because it's morning stuff yes okay it's always in the morning <laughs> like that's what I'm here for thank you I don't even care about racing right I'll watch it it's in the morning love it <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides or my craft beer takes on Instagram at Craft in the Capital. It's really not takes. I just post pictures of beer. It's fun. <laughs> and we will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. Peace. Did you see that? Yep. There's an hour you're never getting back. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Okay, I'm going to call that a wrap. You can find tons more TCA at tallcanaudio.com. Butum, <laughs>